Welcome to the All Souls Episcopal Parish in Berkeley's Sermon Podcast. This week we hear from the very Reverend Dr. Peggy Patterson on this fifth Sunday after Epiphany as she preaches from the lectionary, which had three passages, Isaiah 6, 1 to 13, 1 Corinthians 15, 1 to 11, and the gospel was Luke chapter 5, verses 1 to 11. As always, you can find more information and more sermons on our homepage, which is allsoulsparish.org. I've been reading over these lessons for the last few weeks, and I must say I had to remember my youth and this wonderful hymn that came to me as I heard about the call that Jesus made to the disciples. Here I am, Lord, said John Michael Talbot. You probably, some of you, remember that from retreats of your youth. I, the Lord of sea and sky, I have heard my people cry. All who dwell in dark and sin, my hand will save. I who made the stars of night, I who made the darkness bright, who will bear my light to them? Whom shall I send? And the wonderful refrain, Here I am, Lord. Is it I, Lord? I have heard you calling in the night. I will go, Lord, if you lead me. I will hold your people in my heart. Have you ever heard God calling in the night? Have you ever lain awake in bed and just felt that there was somebody whispering in your ear, maybe calling you to some new endeavor, something new or difficult, something that might interrupt your life in the way you had planned it out. Well, today we read about three people who had just had their lives interrupted. Just such a call came to them to follow God into unexpected places and challenges and deep waters. Listen today and see where you find yourself in these stories. First we meet the 8th century prophet Isaiah. He is having a powerful vision. He's getting ready to be asked by God to go and give a, an important and difficult message of judgment to the people of Israel. But that night he is brought up in a powerful vision that is up in heaven and God has given him the biggest, greatest gift he could have of seeing the Lord sitting on the throne, high and lofty. And seraphim were all around. I had to look up exactly which angel that was. Seraphim are the huge creatures that are on fire. That sounds pretty bad. Um, or good, maybe. <laughs> the seraphim were all around, and they were crying with a wonderful message. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of God's glory. But Isaiah felt inadequate to do the task. He said, woe is me, for I am lost. I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell among a people of unclean lips. Yet my eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. Just then the seraph went up to the altar and with tongues got a burning coal and brought it to Isaiah's mouth and touched his mouth and lips and said to Isaiah, 
Now that this has touched your lips, your guilt is departed. Your sin is blotted out. And Isaiah then heard the voice of the Lord calling to him in the night. Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? And I said, that's Isaiah, here I am, send me. Next we meet Paul. You know, Paul is that one who had a lot of chutzpah, but he also always wanted to remind people that he had to admit he was a late bloomer on the scene. Paul says, speaking to the Christians at Corinth, he speaks of his untimely call, a call that was much later than Cephas and the other apostles that had eyewitness to Jesus. But Paul then admits apologetically that his call has come later than theirs. After he had been persecuting Christians and arresting them and even watching some of them die like Stephen. He said, last of all, as to one untimely born, the Lord appeared to me, for I am the least of the apostles. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. I love that line. By the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me has not been in vain. As I read through these lessons and thought about these call stories, I, I realized that, well, let's think about it. Advent and Christmas and Epiphany are just full of call stories. They're on almost every page. We read them almost every Sunday. I remembered Zechariah, John the Baptist's father. He was a priest, and he was in the Holy of Holies making an offering of incense at the altar when the angel appeared to him and said, Oh, you're going to be so happy because you and Elizabeth, after all this time, are going to have a son. Well, Zechariah wasn't all that hepped about it, actually. Um, <laughs> he said, uh, I, I'm too old for that, and uh, my wife is really too old for that. How could I be a priest and run around after a toddler, after all? Zechariah had a year of silence imposed by the angel, who didn't much like his response. And after that year, though, Zechariah was at the circumcision of John the Baptist, as we call him, and he had the opportunity to have his mute mouth opened. And he looked around and he said to the people who were not understanding at all why they weren't calling him Zechariah Jr., you know, and he said, his name is John. And he knew what the angel had said was true, that he would prepare the way of the Lord. He'd be the voice crying in the wilderness. He would be the prophet of the Most High. Finally, he felt the joy and gladness that the angel had promised a year before when he couldn't quite believe it. And what about Mary and Joseph? Surely this publicly betrothed couple was called by God to interrupt their lives their marriage, their reputations. Mary was mystified by her calling to be a young mother even before she was married. She was, she was afraid, but the angel said, do not be afraid. Now, although we have the 
benefit of hindsight when we sometimes finally recognize that the Holy Spirit has moved us to answer a call from God. Even though we have hindsight, Mary had none of that. And yet, she answered God's call with grace and courage and with great, great understanding. She said, Here I am, the handmaid of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And Joseph, Joseph was lagging slightly behind, with, but with the help of a few Jungian dreams, he did, he was able to accept his role as a father to Jesus and a husband to Mary. Finally, we look at today's gospel, the call story par excellence, the call of Jesus to these young fishermen by the seaside, asking them to follow him to be his disciple. The calling by God to be his disciple. Can you remember when you felt that call? Can you remember when you felt that you wanted to be baptized or to be called to a certain ministry in the church? Can you remember that time when you heard God calling in the night and you said, here I am, Lord, send me. On this particular morning in Luke's gospel, Jesus is, finds himself overcome. He's been over-successful. He's been overly successful. He's had, um, you know, he, he, he's had so many healings and exorcisms and so many wonderful stories of God's compassion and love that he's created a whole problem in itself because I think he must be an introvert. He wants to go every morning to go and find a place apart, a place alone to pray to God. But this day, he has set out to search for just such a place. And all the crowds follow him. They find him and they follow him all the way to the edge of the water. He has nowhere he can go. Then he saw some fishermen they were sitting on the beach and they were washing their nets and had a couple of boats and he asked Simon if he could borrow his boat to use to set out a little bit from the shore and be able to continue his teaching of the people. When Jesus had finished teaching the people, he asked Simon to put out his nets into the deep water. The deep water was sort of a symbol of everything that's mysterious and could be dangerous and could be life-threatening. They had seen a lot of boats caught in storms out on the sea, out on the Mediterranean, out on the Sea of Galilee. So to be asked to put your nets out into the deep water was a really important part of this story. But Simon seemed exasperated. He said, we have been fishing all night long and we haven't caught anything. And you want me to put my nets out in the deep water? Give me a break. But as it turned out, he said to Jesus, if you say so, though, I will put the nets out in the deep. When Simon did this, he caught so many fish, he didn't know what to do with them. In fact, his little boat was sinking. And he had to call his partners in fishing 
James and John and had to ask them to quickly bring their own boats out there so they could divide the haul. And all three boats were so filled that they were almost sinking. But these young men saw the abundance that Jesus had provided and thought it was a way of saying this is the path that God has called us to do. The young men believed Jesus and they left their boats on the shore and their fathers and other partners in fishing. And they left everything and followed him. I wonder where you have felt a call by God like that. Was it in the deep silence of centering prayer? Or in the soothing chants of the Teze music? Maybe it's in the mountains or at the seashore or by the bay. The disciples of Jesus were asked that morning to leave everything. And in those days, to leave your family was to leave everything. To leave family and security and livelihood and intimate relationships to follow Jesus. Most of us are not asked to make such radical breaks with our lives in order to follow God's call. But we are asked to embrace the beloved community here gathered today and to see the face of Jesus in every person, every face that we meet. I don't believe God stopped calling people in the night when he stopped with Isaiah or Paul or Jesus and Mary and Zechariah. God is still calling those of us who will listen, calling us in the night saying, whom will I send and who will go for us? Someone heard God calling and that's how we had the dream for Jordan Court. Someone answered, here am I, when the dream of Jordan Court was being thought about this seven years and now it's a reality. Someone heard God calling in the night and came forward to present themselves as a Stephen ministry. Some had heard God's call in the night and realized teenagers are having a rough time during the pandemic. I want to be a helper in youth group and be someone people can really talk to about what's going on with them. You could go on and on about those calls that you yourself have experienced in the night. Today, and this more aware than ever, that we need to listen to the whispers we hear in the night. We need to listen to the presence of God we feel in the midst of silence. And we need to know that when God is calling in the night, he's calling because you and you and you are able to do his ministry for him and to lead the way and be his disciples. What will we answer when we hear God calling in the night? May it be, here I am, Lord. It is I, Lord. I have heard you calling in the night. I will go, Lord, if you lead me. I will hold your people in my heart.